Okay, so let's <laughs> let's do our imperfect start again. Um, Louisa, oh, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna try and say your name. I had been practicing, and then I've probably <laughs> forgotten how to to get the rhythm of it. Okay. So, so I remember you said last week it's not Lavisa, it's mm. Lavisa. Yes. Omgren. Yes. Ra- Ramadanovich. Perfect. It's, That's it's not, really I, good. I was, wasn't really, but. <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, you should hear how people butcher my name. So actually, I like it. It's really oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. LHR. So, which is the is the um, abbreviation for London Heathrow, which is just... Yeah, I know. As I was just mentioned there, we're underneath the flight path of London Heathrow. I know, and it's so weird as well, because when I was I was then going to start my business, you know, I suddenly changed my name, and I was like, hmm, I'm LaVisa HR, and I work, like, within HR and learning, and isn't that weird? It's, it's, <laughs> it's all perfect. fate. It's all fate, LaVisa. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to ask you then, how are you doing today? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually all right. <laughs> and what, what about yourself? After last week um, when you became podcast star, mm-hmm. and all your, all your friends swarmed around and said, oh, Louisa, you're so great. <laughs> no, I don't know if that happened, but I had a lot of sweet conversations on on uh, messaging, so that was, that was very nice. I, oh, I have some nice. really beautiful friends, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing well. I've had a very interesting week, one of those tiring weeks, you know, when nothing goes mm. nothing goes well in your project. Or I, I shouldn't say nothing goes well, but there are just a lot of challenges and you're like, can I please get one win? Mm-hmm. Like just one tiny little win for this week. That would be amazing. It's just one of those weeks. No, absolutely. And and, yeah. I, and and that kind of brings me to my theme. I was thinking about you know the kind of things that we would talk about today. Yeah. And and so I I always turn when I'm lost for inspiration, I always always turn to my the daily stoic. And um as luck would have it, it's um it starts off the the, the title of t- today of brick by boring brick. <laughs> And and basically, what it's looking at is is that each each um, episode of your life is just a sequence of actions. Yeah, you know, actions that you take, and it's it's and it's and it's part of a process. And and you might hear lots of sort of sportsmen or or sports team they talk about. Oh, Rick, it's not just about winning the big championship or or the big yeah. events and you know the big sort of showpiece events and stuff. It's about follow, following the process of. You know those those individual gains about doing the right thing and doing it doing it as well as you possibly can, and yeah. continue to do that. And I remember a few years ago I went to um, it was an Oracle conference, and David Brailsford was there. And at the time he had um, he was the the head of um, British Cycling. Okay. And and he yes. relayed this whole story about you know when he when he first took over British Cycling wasn't really great in the world hadn't never won the Tour de France, um never really won uh, an Olympic gold or anything like that and yeah. so what he tapped into was a whole lot of sort of behavioural science, um which he referred to as um um 
the advancement of marginal gains, basically. Yeah. So, so look into the, the, those small activities, how to improve a, a cyclist's behavior, both physically and mentally, and yeah. sort of tap into just, you know, shaving off those those seconds by just tapping into it. And it was really fascinating. And 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 so then I read his, his book, um, sorry, it wasn't his book, it was the um, one of the, the his science coaches that um, he worked alongside, and uh, and that was a great tap into um, the sort of psychology and the neurology of, of people and and how they act because you yeah. know it's it's called the the chimp paradox the book um, I don't think you don't know if you've ever read it but I mean that's really fascinating about the the aspects of the brain that some stuff that you can control some things that you can't yeah. control and some things that are just passive. And and it's it's really fascinating when you break it down because you think that you know as a human being that you're in control of everything that's in front of you, you know, yeah. or at least you're in control of your response to the things that are in front of you, yeah. and um, and I found that really fascinating. And and I I mean I had a dual um, purpose for for enjoying that because I cycled myself. I'm a member of British Cycling, and you know at the time. Um, I was heavily involved in lots of sportives and events and stuff like that. And um, I managed to get one of his signed shirts. You know, it was the, the yeah. Team Sky. Don't, don't get me wrong. It never, ever fitted me. Uh, <laughs> Didn't have to say that. But no, yeah. absolutely. Well, I did actually because it was an XL or a double XL size, but only if... Um, you know, the slimmest person in the world was a double XL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice trophy um, piece, I guess, because it looks nice. I mean, it has the yeah. team, team Sky um, emblazonment on, on it and stuff like that. So it really looked really nice. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, so this brings me back to where my stoic was. So this was yes. my landing today to, to understand... Um, the brick by boring brick or the the action by action to the things that I've been looking at in the past couple of weeks. And, you know, because of the, this recovery of my hand, I've been sort of more reflective, I guess, because I'm not able to physically do stuff. So yeah. I've been sort of looking at mental, but, but don't get me wrong. It's, it's not been anything, I guess, too strenuous on the mind, but enough to to know that um, I'm still fulfilling my process by process step. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So the action within yeah. that that that's that process. Um, yet to figure that out. I, I guess we're in the same boat that we've both formed our own companies very quickly, and 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 I'll tackle your accountant-based question. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you read that as well. You have to do translate on it. Well, I did. Tell, I did do the translate, and, and I was like, and and I was going to respond, um, yeah. um, and and we'll talk about it in a minute. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and I guess that my usual is that when you're in this reflective mode, you're you're pondering lots of stuff. You're picking up books or you're watching various things and you're trying to sort of assimilate, you know, within yeah. that, you look for patterns and, and behavior. And I guess recently what I've uh, I watched a lot, of, I'm not a big base, uh, sorry, basketball fan, um, but I was put on to watch the Michael Jordan 
um, show on Netflix, the the Last Dance, and it's mm. really it's really interesting because it goes beyond just the game and winning the championship and and all this yes. sort of stuff. It's it's his whole life story, but then yeah. it's also his sort of leadership capabilities. So if we if we tap into, you know, that that agile leadership that um, we keep mentioning, is that um, it's it's for him. It's adapting the play not just game by game or series by series, but yeah. it's, it's, it's within each of the plays as well. So that yes. he does, you know, he might go off piece and do something different because, hey, there's six seconds on the clock and, and he needs to score. He needs that yeah. to, to to win. Otherwise it goes to a next game and, and he tries to avoid that. And so you get to see some of the sort of, I guess, psychological or even neurological um, thought process and his head of how he gets other people to react to the play yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it mm. might be sometimes that's, you know, he's the guy, he's the guy that's going to shoot, you know, as long as I get the ball to Michael and then Michael gets the ball to such and such, then it's, you know, that's the play. And then okay, he yeah. then he switches it and goes, actually, they're expecting that, so let's do it this way. Right, and yeah, sends, exactly. You know, so, <laughs> and, and it's quite clever. It's quite clever. And so when you watch stuff like that, um, I'm obviously, and, and I know you know this as well. Um, you you like um, follow James Clear, don't you? Yes. And the, and the Atomic Habits. Yeah. Now this this is one I've been sort of toying with for um, a, a few weeks now as well, and, and I tap into it and and make sure again that and even just looking at the book itself, tiny changes with remarkable results. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how you say that in, in Swedish. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um I, yeah, I would be able to do that, even though I can say Yauta Yauta Svenska. I can Well say that. done, man. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And um yeah, so this this has been my kind of I guess during my recovery is um is is really just reflecting um mm. on those the, the, the small things that I can do. I think that that physical, um, um, I guess, vulnerabil- vulnerability, because yes. I can't physically do something with my hands, is, yeah. uh, um, forced me, I guess, to 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 stop and say, well, you know what, this, this is a good time to pause and just think things through. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel that you and I connect there because I think that in nature... Uh, or uh, as people we are a little bit result driven a little bit so we're like both because I can feel it that you and I are very engaged in like getting things done you know getting to it whatever it is and so this approach of of changing into like I was saying this week is is very hard from a like a work standpoint that I have to both find I have to stop myself from just seeing the results of what is happening and so on so that's the first kind of mental battle that I have to have but I also have to then go and find the small small wins that do exist Mm. but to me sometimes I'm afraid still feel pointless like and you must feel this in the recovery of your hand as well right that is just like, well, I I know that that's something I can do now, but actually doesn't mean anything because I'm still not there, right? I'm still not doing that. 
and that's uh, I think that's that's really hard. But another thing is that in my development of myself is that I am still to this day always seen as as smart. And I hate being and labeled the smart person because I absolutely, of course, I should love my brain and love my smartness and all of that. But that's not what is important to me. And then it's very hard to go into this new way of working where I am poking myself to be vulnerable and I am and then I feel really stupid as a result of it Mm -hmm. and I then have to battle with the emotions that come after because I'm not supposed to be a stupid person right I'm seen as a small uh, a smart person sorry so uh, that that is what's been going on so that's also my reflection for this Mm -hmm. week and I think it's very similar to maybe yours because we are a little bit like result oriented even though we are trying to work in a different way and you are definitely applying that if you're doing uh, some some uh, James Clear habits as well. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've read it but I'm not I'm not there yet because it's just it's too small for me I have to break things down a little bit yeah. more until I get to that micro piece and I'm I'm getting there but mm. I have to break things down a little bit more <laughs> yeah and, and and that's an interesting reflection, and and I'm glad that we we do share that connection, Louisa, because I I'm feeling it uh, as well, absolutely. But one thing I, I I guess is that um I quite enjoy. I mean, I used to be seen as the expert as a consultant. You were always as you went in, you had to be on point the minute you walked through the door, and you were seen to be maybe not the smartest person in the room or the cleverest, but certainly the expert with the yeah. answers. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what I'm quite enjoying now, um, um, and I guess maybe this comes with um experience and and having that that knowledge already sort of down pat, is that I'm I'm now finding that I'm I'm happy to be a, a beginner again. Mm, you know, yes. I, I I may engage in something where I know an answer or I know a high percentage of what that answer is. Yeah. But I may look at it from a different angle or ask a different question to people and say, you know, almost like, well, I can I know how this works, but can t- can you tell me? how it works for you or the impact that it provides to you. Yeah. Because I almost see it as a working left to right. What, but what I need to see is you, you shown me working from, you know, um, bottom to top or, you know, et cetera, get yeah. a different perspective on it. Yeah. So I, I quite like that to play um, almost a little bit dumb in that respect. It would feel yeah. dumb because I have what I had one um, answer. However, I'm allowing myself to be a beginner and then ask the question and almost draw the person into conversation. And then after that, I, I can pretty much just shut up. And I quite like getting myself to shut up. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay. and, 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 and probably other people do as well. Yeah, you just couldn't wait to get that in. I like it when you talk, David. So I don't know if I want you to shut up, but I understand what you mean. It's like becoming you're coming into a beginner's mind and you're really happy to not have that set mindset. Yeah. Uh, you know, instead, just uh, I think Simon Sinek, right, who talks about the infinite mindset. 
And uh, it's very hard then when you've been seen as the expert, because as an expert, uh, traditionally in companies and corporations, the expert is supposed to have the answer. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think that's the case anymore, uh, luckily, because mm. we we are realizing that's not everything's not known. We have the Kinefi model. Everything you can't know everything at the same time. Mm. It's very hard to have a person who's like knowledgeable in a big topic or in a big area because it's just so vast. Yeah. So all those things where actually the expert is, it's really good to be really good at something, mm. but it's just that it's not relevant anymore. It's the expert of being, uh, or the expert of asking, like you said, really mm. good questions, because mm. that is where you then gain the knowledge to be able to know how you will proceed or what's the next step or whatever it could be. That's actually what you should be an expert in. And uh, we're not trained for that. So I think it's a really good uh, point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, um, being an expert, I mean, it's not permanent as well, is it? I mean, because no. it, it's because of the world moving so quickly and, you know, um, nothing is as static as you know no. i mean i mean probably back in einstein's day he would have balked to the idea that anyone called him an expert because mm. that would mean that he would he could then stop you know he he wouldn't have or be aware of the continuation or the advancement of of too many things around him i mean he certainly wouldn't have had social media um no. to to sort of keep him on his toes so therefore someone calls him an expert and go okay yeah i'm done yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and it's, and so it, that probably wasn't his aspiration in the first place. Um, it just so happened that you know it's um it was a label put on him. Uh, you know, mm. and and I guess it's the same with artists and stuff like that who who never really um become famous till say after their death. So all the money that's made from an yeah. artist's point of view is um it, it never goes into their pockets or never realized by them unless unless they have a um. Uh, a tied up estate that that means that all future royalties will come into that estate. I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know that many artists do that, to be honest. But um, um, but but it, it's that kind of thing. All you know, never really realizing things yourself, and and if you did, you know, don't rest on it because, you know, you could be an expert one day and 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 the next day someone else's is, is yeah, as well. yeah. And I remember when it was growing up, there was a couple of guys in my village, small village I grew up in Scotland, and they were um, judo um, experts. They were, ah, I mean, yes. they were really good at judo. Yeah. And I remember one of the, the the older brother, he he became world champion. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. I, I mean, this this became a big thing. So we asked him, say, oh, you know, um, this is really great um, that you're world champion. And he, he says, yeah, this week. Yeah. Is it because it, the, the statistics on 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 judo and that particular discipline, and I'm sure it's the same for lots of sports, is that you know it's it, it's it's you're not world champion for a full year or a full season. It yeah. can it can move so fluidly, so quickly that this week you're world champion, next week you know you've you've dropped in the rankings because someone's yes. someone's toppled you and i kind yeah. I, I quite like that analogy one because he was nonplussed about it mm -hmm. you know don't get me wrong it was a great achievement but yeah. it was he was almost accepting of yes i was world champion this week but next week it'll be someone else's turn 
And yeah. then and then that propels him to then say, if I want to go for that again, I need to up my game. You know, yeah. what other what other gains can I apply? And that comes back to this marginal gain um, that um, I mentioned earlier on the, the the chimp paradox. Is that you know if you've got the mentality and you've got the the wherewithal to want to to be better, to do better, then you know there's there's nothing really stopping you. Um, no. Exactly. Well, I think the weirdest scenario, though, is when I, I think maybe that's where we've gone a little bit wrong, because there are. I know we love to throw around the word genius and stuff like that, but there are some people who have been and portrayed themselves like as as the best. I, I can just give an example now because uh, uh, um Slatan Ibrahimovic retired from football, uh, you know, this week. So, 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 so <laughs> go, and say, go, go and say his name again, because it didn't sound uh, like the way that I would say. Zlatan. Oh, okay. Slatan Ibrahimovic. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he retired from football and like he, he was, he was, he saw himself as, or sees himself as a god and and quite a lot of his achievements are um, unachievable and also, I mean, his age. So we've like, I think as humans, we've stuck ourselves uh, throughout time to these, I wouldn't call them geniuses, but let's say just extraordinary individuals, Mm. if we want to call them that instead. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, the problem is if we strive for that, I think we have to understand that most of our lives will be miserable, right? Because it is it is something that we're comparing ourselves to which is either you have to be delusional so then it makes you happy because then you think you're the best you're always the best you are delusional and and uh, that it kind of confirms it but otherwise you spend most of your life being really miserable so you have to start finding these other things that are actually meaningful to you like this is what what i accomplished and it's super meaningful to me it's it uh, yeah gives my motivations or my goals uh, purpose or my life purpose and that's the important thing but i think we've put a lot of uh, emphasis on like the genius and being that and mm. achieving that and uh, i i don't know if that's uh, very healthy mm. i i certainly wouldn't like to be that but i think that's the it's this smart comment i think that that's bothering me again because it's okay. it's like i is thank you it's really nice to be smart but what's what's the thing about it i don't understand the um, the value in it what's what's so what's so great about being smart what why isn't it uh, i mean everyone can be smart in different things but what's so what's mm-hmm. so great about being smart it would rather be something like you are a really good friend or you're a really good colleague you're a you know, I don't, I don't understand why it's so great being smart. Yeah, mm. maybe you have an idea around that. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I have the opposite, um, Louisa, because you know, through I guess my career or, or maybe just achievements in in general, um, mm. that I've I've had, and and there's been quite a few, but I, I've they've always felt a little bit lukewarm in that respect because I had this sort of counterbalance in the the sense that, yeah, I may have worked hard or I may have um, performed well or I might have just been lucky on the day, you know, mm. that type of stuff. And and then 
and I feel I feel good for I guess about two seconds and then go ah well you know it wasn't that big of achievement if you could do it then anyone could do it so <laughs> oh no yeah, so so you're, you're terrible well it's <laughs> <laughs> sorry it was it wasn't meant to sound terrible but it was kind of that's that's the kind of uh reality check that I, I kind of give to myself so mm. as much as other people may put that saying oh that was really clever David or you're quite smart or yeah you know um great job then you kind of go okay and 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 I and I take your point there is I'd I'd much rather not be the smartest person in the room mm. um I was reading a quote the other day there if you're the smartest person in the room then you're in the wrong room yeah um okay <laughs> <laughs> and um and I, and I get the sentiment of why that is because then you stop asking questions because people yeah. expect a lot from you. And and this is my my point to you then is, do you feel if, if people perceive you or see you as being the smartest person, mm. then the, that puts greater expectation on you to, mm. to say the right things, to do the right things, to lead people... So, so that almost it's it's people deflecting and say, "Oh, Lavisa, you're the cleverest. Take us forward, please." Yes, and, so and then... this is yeah, absolutely. And this is why it's it's uh, uh, and I, you know, this is what I've been working on for the last five years. So it's why it's so hard for me to like say uh, or be vulnerable and mm. kind of poke myself out there to say, "I don't know. Uh, let's go find out." you know, all of these things, because then when that happens, people start to get a little bit insecure. And then I feel stupid, right? I feel really stupid. But I don't want to be the smartest person. Because like you said, then you, then you get this overconfidence that you know everything. And I, I luckily, as you, David, I have a counterbalance uh, which sometimes goes into the point of destruction as as you do because I think we should enjoy it a little bit more than just going straight into <laughs> no this doesn't mean anything or this wasn't it, it's not it's pointless or whatever yeah. but kind of I have a, a thing where it goes uh, you know you're not right or uh, you're not always right or actually I have the thing I did was I lost the concept of right a long mm. time ago. And I'm very happy about that because I, yeah. we talked about this. I grew up in an environment and also in some of the corporations I talked about that I worked in, being right was like the major thing. Mm. You, If you were right, you were always arguing from the standpoint of being right. And for me, it's uninteresting. I think today, I think it's completely uninteresting. I usually say, I don't care if you're right. I want to know, you know, these things and let's see what the answers are and try mm. to go from there. But the concept of being right is just so uninteresting. But it's dangerous then being called smart all the time because you could go into the mindset of thinking you're right all the time and stop mm. asking questions. Yeah. And and that is a danger in its own right, isn't it? Because mm. if you stop asking questions, then you become less and less curious about things because you think you have all the right answers. Yeah. And um, you know, and this is this is why you know people who you know who live in solitude and and live with their own thoughts can can sometimes it can be a little bit destructive. I mean, mm. 
you know, I think we've all read the cases about psychopaths and stuff like that. Who that that you know the the loner who who strikes out on their own because, you know, they're they're listening to their own thoughts and, and yeah. only hearing you know a certain one sided voice, and 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 I think it's important for everybody is to to always have two sides or at least two sides of anything so that you've always got an opposition to you know and and i think we we talked about this before um is wouldn't it be great where you sat down and you had this psychologically safe environment wherever it was whether it was with friends with family within the workplace where you go listen i'm about to say something i don't quite know how it's going to come out and it might sound mm. stupid and it might mm. sound you know crazy but could you please just not judge me because yeah. i i want to say something and 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 i have good intent and i have um you know in my mind worked it out i'm not just blurb um you know and blasting stuff out, out of frustration or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm merely saying something that I feel that I feel from my core, from my being, and, and I'm not sh- quite sure how it's going to land. So it's yeah. not intended to offend. If people get offended, mm-hmm. I, I can't control that. But can you make this space just psychologically safe for me to yeah. say it? And if you don't agree with it, then can you tell me why? And offer mm. something a little bit more constructive that goes with it. Yeah. But, but give me that that's that space so that we can converse, um, you know, to to a reasonable outcome that suits both of us. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's very interesting. I had um I helped uh, Agile people run one of their, uh, I think it was Agile leadership training uh, oh. with um, with some leaders from the Baltics. And uh, it was very interesting because there were a few people, but especially one man who came into my training and we were talking about, I think we were talking about the way that we view people, hmm. the way that we, you know, think about, are people always, you know, stupid? Uh, or do they do things with the best intent? What, what do you think that people do? How do they approach things normally, if you would just generalize? And it was really funny because it sounded like it was the first time for him that he could share this in this group, which was very strange because we'd just been in training, I think, four sessions together. But he was like, I truly believe that people try to manipulate, try to steal, try to sabotage anything if they can get away with it. And the funny thing is, as well, he was working in, um, I think, the fraud part of the company, right? So okay. that was his yeah. that was his job. Yeah. But the weird thing is that conversation, the other leaders couldn't have with him Hmm. so you know when you and i sit here and we hear for example yeah he works within fraud it's not so strange that he has this image of of people he has like probably confirmation bias and a few other things because this is the cases he's seeing every day but in his management team and with the other leaders because they they aren't a very big company in that sense 
he can't have that conversation. So instead, what he does is he steers his group this way with his beliefs and so on and gets bad results because people don't feel trusted and, you know, all of that and, you know, the the end results of it. Instead of being able to have a conversation with his peers and they, like you said, approach him with the... So, you know, could you imagine that maybe this is because you see these things every day? Uh, have you ever seen examples of the opposite? Uh, you know, whatever it could be, those, but they, they couldn't have those conversations with him uh, and basically sh shut it down and didn't want to discuss that and then kind of wanted to move on. I thought that was, that was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, because it is that safe space that at, at work, it's not so strange, for example, that he would have that kind of mindset, but it is extremely disruptive for his organization, for him to have that, because it will come out in the actions that he does. You can't have that mindset thinking people will manipulate, steal, you know, all of that, mm. and then go and treat your employees really well. That it, that doesn't happen <laughs> because, it, you know, even the smallest things that you may do, it, it, it will come out in one way or another, no matter what you do. But that he can't have that conversation with his peers is uh, is a little bit fascinating and it, probably what he would have needed mm. to get out of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, and I've seen episodes like that where people who do work in, critical type roles like that where the, they're only seeing the um the negative side of of, yeah. of human nature um and and so you know you have to find ways of of decompressing these individuals mm. can't you because the, the, they're they're not witnessing um a, a balanced society they're only looking at things when they go wrong or they're being yes. corrupted or manipulated or, or whatever as well and, and i guess it's very similar if you're like a medical practitioner where you're mm. you're only seeing people when they're unwell mm. you know yeah. so you're only ever treating um um someone's um um, downturn whether it's physical or mental you know you're, yeah. you're never you're you know no, nobody pops along to see their doctor to say oh I thought I'd just pop in to yeah. say hi how are you doing how are you getting on you know and yeah. um and, and fair play to I guess a lot of um, practitioners that they they don't you know or, or well, I, I'm hoping that they don't but certainly if I've seen my doctor in the supermarket or something it, mm. you know they don't have, they don't have the demeanor of the world's on my shoulders type thing mm. and, yeah. and and so I guess recognizing that people in that industry and and this this colleague that you mentioned um Lovisa it would be really interesting that that people would tap into to to him as a human being yes to say you know I I, I know that you have a job where you're you're always um skeptical of motives and, and what have you but mm. you know the, the the rest of the world is not like that um there is a ha happy outcome but we we, we kind of need to support you differently um, yeah because, exactly because otherwise and, and and as we keep talking about is that is that human aspect of it is when we, when we treat people less than human then they'll at some point start acting less than human yeah Exactly. Yeah, so that's the biggest problem. I think um, people may may find the um, mindset or the humanity uh, on on which we want to treat and think and and so on. But 
um, or sorry, they may find it opportunistic maybe or mm. too positive. But the problem is, I think you need to ask yourself, what is the alternative? The alternative is then you have this very negative view of the world. This will affect not only you, but other people mm. and how you treat them and your relationships and so on. And the world is, it's not saying, it's not, it's holding two, two thoughts at the same time. It's saying, I know the world is a difficult and hard and terrible place sometimes, mm. but to be able to act in a great way and to make great connections and have great relationships and have a great time at work and treat my employees really well, this is the mindset that I, I need to have for uh, myself to survive, but also mm. people around me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and and it takes me back to the, the question that you started the call with um, Melissa mm. was that you says, Oh, you had a terrible time this week, terrible projects looking for, you know, the small wins or, or yeah. whatever. Um, if, if I then would reflect on that and saying, okay, these things have happened to you. They're not happening, you know, around it. It's not like evil forces are conspiring no. <laughs> against you, no. you know. it's. Um, but I, I can understand that if you do feel that way, that you are, yeah. oh, my God, you know, this is just not working. Why is this, you know, and then you feel bad about yourself and you internalize and, yeah. you, and you take it on personally. Yeah. Has has that then affected you this week? And and I guess I'm asking on two points of yeah. for, for what you're actually delivering and mm. and two, is it impacting on your reputation as being the smartest person? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I I mean I'm trying to do my and I want to, I want to hear I want to hear <laughs> no on both occasions. <laughs> on no, both occasions. No, it hasn't yeah, affected exactly. you. Affected. And no, it hasn't eroded your confidence. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to lie. I, of course, it affects me. But I have, um, I have probably as you have, I have uh, developed uh, skills to combat that. So I mean, one of the things that I went out running yesterday, really hard to kind of get the worst tension out of my body, because we we internalize it, we, we embody it, right? And I had a really good conversation. That's why I was a little bit late to our meeting. Uh, I had my stakeholder meeting for the project. It was really good and positive, even, you know, despite the challenges that we were having. And I tried to have some fun with my colleagues as well. I have uh, challenged one of my, he's he's my manager formally in the company, but he's more like my, um, he's the one who's hired me from the company as I'm a consultant, of course, but I challenged him because he always wears like formal attire or formal, I would say, uh, shirts to uh, to work, even though we work virtually. So I challenged him to uh, do two weeks of just cartoon T-shirts. Okay. So he's doing that now and it's making me happy every <laughs> single day. And it's just, you know, it's these things that we have to do. Not yeah. only, I mean, I, of course, I need to go and do my work and find the wins, but I try to not, uh, it, it's something I need to work on. Absolutely, of course, I internalize it and take it on myself and it affects, I don't really care if it affects me as the smartest person in the room, but I care if it affects me as a nice and loving and caring colleague because that's yeah. the person I want to be. That's my, my rebrand <laughs> or a vulnerable person. 
So I would care if that affected me, but that's what I'm trying to do to combat it. But of course, I I mean, earlier this week, I was probably a little bit moody at home. I think my husband will attest to that. <laughs> um, but I try to combat it and like working out and doing positive things and like connecting with uh, with you and my friends and my colleagues. That's what, what makes the difference for me to kind of mm. disconnect and make myself better from it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. I'm glad to hear that, um, um Lobisa, that you're as much as you're internalizing the, the suffering somewhat, yeah, it, it's not defining you. You know, no. it's it's it, you know that you can shake it off and yeah, as I say, you know, some physical activity, which is always good, and probably some lots of mental exercises. And um, yeah, your your husband messaged me and says, Be go easier <laughs> on her today, David. No. <laughs> No more Viking jokes. No more Viking yeah, jokes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that that reminds me. So you you still have to get me back um, on that because um, we didn't really have an icebreaker today, or maybe we did. Because I think oh. I ra- I think I rambled on quite a bit. Um, just trying <laughs> to get into it. But there you go. I, I, I don't know. And, and I guess um, just kind of taking your point there is yes. that having these conversations and, and 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 whoever it is with. Now, I I can go like the full day and not really have many conversations. My wife is out working, my daughter's at school, and so lots of conversations are are done via Zoom or via telephone yeah. call and stuff like that. Except with my dog when we go for a walk. So <laughs> um, she's the only person who truly listens to me. Um, yeah, I but, know. Um, but because I do this, I, I do the podcast. I actually do two podcasts now. I do the Agile People one and yeah. this one that we do from an, an Imperfect Start. And it's taken me a little while as, as to learn what my voice is. Mm. And and what I mean by that is, is the voice that I feel comfortable to be talking through a mic to a person in yeah. I guess an honest and authentic way um yeah. because when I first started doing it I no had no idea what I was doing and probably lots of people say I still don't know what I'm doing but um that's fine because everybody always gives me a tip every time we do this <laughs> uh, and so and and I was very radio presenter-ish and, and whatever. And I thought, no, 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 that's not the way to be. It has to be, mm. you know, just relax, just enjoy the conversation. Yeah. And and so I was very, I was very sort of aware because I mean, I do all the work, right? Um on there because I'll record it, then I'll edit it, and then I'll publish it and promote it, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it's a full-time job or or can be. And so I'm very aware of the industry that goes into it. And then to the point of, I forget, you know, that it's, I'm going to use the cheesy line. I'm just a boy standing in front of a girl and having a A conversation. Yeah. I thought the sentence was going somewhere else there, but I'm happy you you turned the corner. and indeed, and, and, and I just re- I just remembered what the line was before I finished. Oh, you was... made me spit out my water. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until I was halfway through I was like, no, 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 that's not the course. <laughs> but you know, you know what it is. I love it's, it. It's, yes, it's, it's just I the, love um, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, people, um, 
having a conversation. So if you and I were in the same room, we'd be talking, you know, a lot more naturally. Um, yeah. And you'd be slapping me or hitting me some, somewhat. For being <laughs> Probably, actually. That's very much like me. So <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I get that a lot. <laughs> I have a regularly bruised arm. Oh, no. Well, I don't hit that hard. That's yeah, okay. No, just, no, no. <laughs> um, so I, I guess, uh, so I have uh, this, this is a cheeky question. If you don't want mm. to be the smartest person in the room, Larissa, mm. what, what would you like to be? So in that same room, if you're not the smartest, but you had to be the best at something. Yeah. What would it be? Mm. So this is where uh, the mum comment comes in, where you left off last week. So well done, David, because uh, I would like to be the most loving person in the room. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, loving in terms of caring, like caring nurturing, yeah. looking after the people, yes. protecting. Yes, ah, very exactly. Good. Very good. Yes. And so we did talk about that previously um, mm-hmm. And the, the funny story that you brought up is that even at preschool, the other children, who I guess were your peers or, or younger, would would um, naturally call you mum. Yeah, it's such a weird thing, a phenomenon. I kind of talk to my friends about it and they're like, what? That's really weird. I can't remember anyone like, but. I was really at that age and actually a little bit older until it kind of fell away because of of, um, personal things. But I was super protective and loving, like you said, and nurturing, uh, you know, of the children at daycare. It was everything from making sure they didn't get hurt or took care of them when they got hurt and... um, I was really good at like giving love and asking for love. And I, I don't mean like uh, people sometimes have a very hard time with the love as a word because they think it's it's just encompassing of one thing. But I'm talking about, yeah. you know, just the, the caring part of it. Like we we all as humans need to feel cared for and, and closeness and so on. And uh and kids do as well and they we also need to give and i was i was really really good at that but also the protection part and the um you know having fun making up fun games i had them follow me around and also always give me a hug and so on but my all of my daycare teachers except or preschool teachers except one who really liked me were super angry that they called me mum they were very <laughs> very <laughs> upset over that and thought it was inappropriate and you know didn't didn't like it when they shouted it in front of their parents and stuff like that but I absolutely loved it I felt like a you know I felt like a it sounds terrible I felt like a hen mum and okay. I, I really loved it. Like I had yeah. all these chicks under my wings and I could take care of them. And it made me feel very purposeful. So um, it's yeah, it's a person, you know, as well, I realize this. I understand basic psychology. So I know that we are not the same people who we are as children. But I went through a very traumatic upbringing. And I also have, I've written about this. I am bipolar type two. But I think when we grow up, though, 
um, the reason I'm so longing to go back to that is because we can choose the people that we are. At the end Mm. of the day, we can choose the people that we are, even if we have attributes and, and personalities or characteristics that are a certain way we can still choose like you said uh, what how we react and, and so on and how we behave and and that is the person that i i would like to be at the end of the day fantastic appreciate that yeah. um so if it's not too personal a question then marissa was that trait of being mum at mm. preschool was that something you were comfortable because you had that loving um, um, upbringing um, yourself, um, and then you were you were basically repeating from from mm. your own life, or was that part missing? And then you felt that you know if it was missing in your life, it might have been missing in other children's life. So therefore, adopted the role. Yeah, and I exactly. appreciate that's a that's a very deep question to ask Lovisa and if you don't want to you don't need to answer and I can obviously edit out this question that's very sweet of you no I'm I'm comfortable talking about that so it was the the lack of it right so my traumatic childhood was both the physical and and psychological so I was I was missing that part and I think one of the things is I notice now when I look back in hindsight is a lot of the things that I did at, at work, but also at school or at least in university is I created, I didn't say I created by myself, but I, I created or was part of a group of people that became, you know, family. So it's mm-hmm. the same where I am now. The reason I've stayed on for so long and worked with just one client when I have my own company is the the love and respect I have from those people I started working with there is the reason it makes me stay and that's what I've had in in my other companies as well so I think it's it's the lack of and I kind of try and create it in my life where I I go past and uh, and at times I succeed and I'm very grateful for that because I have those people in my life today. Hmm. I guess maybe in a way I'm I'm still searching for for that. Um, I I I guess like everyone else, I did have a little bit of childhood trauma. Um, but you know, this is this is the reason why I um invest so much into this imperfect start because hmm. you know um much rather be a survivor than a victim. Um, yeah. uh, but much rather be a thriver. Um, as well you know so um flipping it on it's on even further to say well you know what these are these were things that happened they happened to me they didn't happen because of me um no. but um I can I can I found the strength to find who I am and and the things that I need in my life and and, and I want to sort of continue to pursue that um, yeah. and and I think sometimes we forget that it comes back to our humanity question is mm. that if we're treated any less than human at any given point in our life yeah um we will we will constantly seek it out and trying yeah. to 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 mend things and i think it's very admirable of yourself that every organization that you now go into or associate that you want to create that kind of family 
um type atmosphere um that that serves you um yeah because i think a lot of organizations they don't do that um and if you if you think i mean you know if you know as parents um when they send their children into the workplace um you know we should almost be I, I, I think I may have mentioned this before, is that we're almost going to an organization and saying, listen, I've raised my child. I've raised mm-hmm. them in a loving and, and warm environment. I've educated them. You know, yeah. my my child is precious. So that yeah. when they come into your organization, if you treat them anything less than precious, yeah. then one, I'm not going to be happy, but two, you as an organization is not going to thrive. No, and you exactly. look at every child who comes into your organization and you treat them any less than human, then you're not going to get the response that you, you need to have. No, it's so true. Well, I think I, I have been very lucky. I have to say that I have been very, very lucky. And like I mentioned, especially where I am now, there were originally three people, if three people who I worked with um previously from kind of another company before I became a consultant and um I don't I don't actually they are the extreme because I have never received so much love for actually not doing anything I know they think I'm incredibly smart and and all of that but they are they are one of those places where where I have um, been able to actually heal from everything mm. that's happened and to be able to restart and, and figure myself out and so on. But I just wanted to also maybe point out for you as well, David, because we share a little bit of that early experience is that no matter how much we heal and how much we work on it and what positive mindset we have, I kind of realized that I think it's going to be with me for the rest of my life. And I I don't have much choice. I don't think we have much choice about it, but we can be, we can be good about it and so on, but it will be, will be there in a way that's hard. And I think the only thing we can do, like you said, is, is make sure that we don't pass it on to the next generations. There is actually called something. um, There's a lot of Swedish research on it actually, which Mm. is like the, I can't translate it properly, but it's the inheritance of um, kind of a debt that you have, like an emotional debt. Mm. And you but you you can see it passed on from generations to generations. And uh, I and I think the only thing that we can wish is is that we actually don't do that. And we try to work with ourselves. Absolutely. No, I, yeah. I think I think you translated that really well that people would understand them, um, Lavisa. Absolutely. Because you cause you see that within families, you know, you, you can see that, you know, some of the behaviors, some of the attitudes that they the you know, they, they just filter through the generation. And you think yeah. can can someone just realize, you know, I always say this thing uh, that, you know, the the best way to 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 solve a problem is to recognize a problem exists in the first place yeah and you see and you you know and you ask some people would say listen you know i i know your upbringing wasn't great and stuff like that but can you see the problem that existed and you go yeah yeah it was like this and like this you go well can you see that you don't have to repeat those same mistakes Mm. 
and and they seem to find it very difficult not to do that because it's almost conditioned within them yeah that this is how I grew up and I was fine mm. this is how my child will grow up and they will be fine also mm-hmm. but there, there has to be a point where well they might not be fine you can't yeah. you can't guarantee that you know it's yeah. um so you kind of have to take a different step around that um yeah it's it it's it's terrible when that 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 cycle continues doesn't it i mean mm. you know is it is it natural human behavior i'm sure there's a term i'm sure the psychologists out there will, will have a term for it <laughs> um but um they have to to outgrow at some point mm, i agree yeah for another day love yourself for another yeah day. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not going to solve it all in the one but uh, no. I mean, it's always good to 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 have a positive outcome and yeah. stuff um because you know for some people it's um it's less positive yeah exactly no no I it's um that's it that uh, whole thing is a is a big discussion I think we can have at another day but it is um it is interesting though and I think uh it's one of the reasons as well that it took me such a long time to maybe even consider having a family in my life because I was so afraid of what I would uh, maybe give my potential sort of potential children because mm-hmm. it's such a it's it's just something you wouldn't wish wish upon them and you yeah. know about it that it has has probably gone on for generations yeah and I guess I think I mentioned this previously that's why I kind of formed that an imperfect start originally yeah. it was to kind of think about you know let's not wait and how you have all the answers or the questions or everything in place to 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 make a start um, yeah. but but equally it's about going backwards and saying well you know what um I know that for various circumstances in your life whether it was from childhood from early adulthood whatever is that you went through some things that to um you know that has caused you some i guess an impact or some trauma or has held you back in some way you know and but yet you've turned things around and you know you've you've created the success that you wanted or that yeah. you needed in your life you know um yeah. i was speaking to my physio um earlier this week um from my hands and stuff and he was saying the same thing it goes school for me um or you know formal school you know my 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 sister did really well at school she was like you know head girl and all this sort of stuff yeah and, yeah. and he, he basically says i got detention in the first week of school yeah. so i knew how my academic career was going to be however oh you know gone through school um didn't particularly enjoy it didn't particularly excel at it and it's only after you leave school and um that you then, whatever development phase that you are in as an individual, that, you know, school might come too early for you, yeah. you know, in which case you you sort of find your path thereafter. And and, and he seemed to do that. And, and at some point we might have him on the podcast. So yeah, I look, I look forward to that. <laughs> um, and I guess, I guess, I guess a lot of your followers now, um, Lovisa, will be thinking, oh, I could do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, could I, I, I could I could sit and chat um, to David for a little while. Yeah, um, no, and, I think and, so. And absolutely, we we should do that. Um, because <laughs> because you're going to be joining me on the panel, aren't you? Yes, 
yeah. you and I are going to do it together. We're going to be the imperfect start twins. Yes, we are. And I, I was just and identical. If, identical. If, if, if not physically. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm wondering if I'm going to be the imperfect start, middle and end. Because I don't know where my life is going, but... That's probably probably it. No, but so, exactly. no, uh, so the, the the great thing is you mentioned it earlier. The Simon Sinek book, um, the the Infinite Game was it Infinite Game yes, you mentioned? Yes, it was Infinite, Infinite Game. Game. I yes. love this book. This is mm -hmm. one. Of, I I mean I love Simon anyway. Um, listen to me talking about him in first names. Um, yeah, yeah. Me, me and Simon like this, yes, right? You and Simon, uh, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> and um. The Infinite Game is one of his books that, sorry, this is the only book that I've read from cover to cover because yeah. I've read, I've got a few others. I've got um, Start With, sorry, Start With Why and Leaders Eat Last and, and a few others and stuff as well. Infinite Game yeah. for me is fantastic. I think it's the best book, um, best leadership book in the last 10 years because mm -hmm. it is that very simple premise of there is no winners or losers, right? Yeah. It's a it's about staying in the game. You know, yeah. it's it's bigger than you, right? Yeah. But as long as you stay and you and you want to stay, and you have the capability of staying, that's all you can ask for. Because it's not about you know, you know, you'll never you'll never go to your grave saying, "Oh, I wish I worked." longer mm. or, or completed so many other tasks or or did so many other things as long yeah. as you stay in the game because you know ultimately your your demise is not within your control no um anyway so um with with god laughing and um so so therefore it's and i'm not saying i know this is a bit cliche to sort of say it sometimes is live every day like it's your last yeah you know yeah what what a nonsense right mm -hmm. <laughs> But it's 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 I guess it's having that mindset to say, you know what, if I die tomorrow, I, yeah. I, I'm I'm at least happy today, or yeah. I'm at least contented. I'm not nothing's going to rack my brain. I, I've had a few conversations with people recently where they've gone, oh, I didn't sleep last night. I was worried mm. about this. I've I've had this on my mind, and 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 you kind of go, it was nothing to do with you. You mm. you're you're almost preempting what you think someone else is going to say or do to you. Yeah. And and it feels like you're you're just kind of in your own head too much that is causing you some distress by not able to sleep, you're you know, not eating or or, or just fearful. And, mm. and I'm not sure that you should really live your life that way. I, I know that's more difficult um to to do than to say um I, I don't know i mean i haven't had this for a while do you remember the the sunday night dread that you used to have yes, whether you're going to course. school or going to work and you just yeah, couldn't, yeah, yeah. couldn't wait to for monday morning to arrive yeah because yeah. you know um you, you just wanted to 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 brazen out because it was it was sitting on your head it'd been sitting there since friday and, yeah. and stuff and you couldn't enjoy Saturday and then Sunday came around and it was dreading you were like oh, yeah okay I need to get I need to I need to, you know I need to get to the office first and, and yeah. say say what I need to say exactly. uh, <laughs> and and that's that's horrible isn't it I mean I, it I, is. I haven't had it for a while but um it's you really used to bother me that um 
I, I'd waste my weekend just thinking about work-related problems. Exactly. Or, or working about, uh, sorry, worrying about something that may or may not happen. Happen, yeah, and, work. And, and nine times out of ten, it wouldn't happen. Or, mm. or, or sorry, wouldn't it be as bad as you thought it was going to be? No. And so, so then you started to use it as a kind of... Um, as a kind of blanket that you would use it and to yeah. say, oh, you know what, if I think the worst, then I I know that what's going to happen is not going to be the worst. So I'll, oh be, fi- I'll, I'll be fine. Right? <laughs> I never did that. Okay. <laughs> oh God, that sounds terrible. But this, this comes back to the point you made earlier about yeah. as, as a consultant, when, yeah. when you're seen to be the smart person, mm. If you get an inkling on on say the Friday that's oh someone's someone um you've done something wrong David or or something like you know or, yeah, or, or yeah, something's yeah. not quite correct and yeah, oh yeah. some someone's going to have your guts for garters and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff and you're thinking yeah. oh why why what's going on what's going on what's going on? What, mm-hmm. what have I done and it's that protecting of hey I'm the I'm the smart one I'm the I'm the the expert here and um and you think I've made a mistake <laughs> whereas you you kind of go well. You think I made the mistake. I know that I didn't. Yeah. But you're almost yeah. on the other side. Again, it comes back to this paradox I mentioned earlier where I I I don't think I'm good enough. I do have imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, from time to time. Um and and so therefore someone else is more cleverer than me. Yeah. And so I allow them. To kind of hijack me feel to make me feel, yeah. me feel. Or, or at least I, I did used to yeah 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 exactly but, but as you said um that you find coping mechanisms, mechanisms yeah to, to, to be able to sort of track back on this and say hold on a second I know that you feel that way yeah but but here yeah. here you know it's um, exactly and so it's... you've all, always got your 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 way of not buffering your way out of confrontation but a way of handling or diffusing Mm. the situation a little bit more yeah exactly but it's a it's it's very hard I think for example the last podcast episode we made I had such bad imposter syndrome and I was like why I'm I'm talking about actually my life like what would what would who would be the bigger expert or like the I don't understand where is that coming from but I think it's it's the aspect of it is too. The first thing, like you said, with the infinite game, I actually think it's funny. I think we should have two cliches and they're paradoxal. The first one is the one you said, live every day as, uh, you know, today wasn't your, your or today was your last day. Mm-hmm. But then the paradox or the one that we should have against that is live today like, you know, today wasn't your last day because it's the infinite one again so it's like you have to have both at the same time because the for example if I had a problem with my colleague or or an issue that came up like that I have to think with myself to not get too stuck up in it is the long game which is basically like next week this won't mean a thing Hmm. we would have gotten over it we would have had the conversation something would have happened we would have solved this it's not a big thing in the bit, you know, in the world of things, it's just not a big thing. And then you have to work with yourself regarding the imposter syndrome. And I'm still really 
really bad there. And especially as we've talked about before, because I'm a church musician and all of these things and not a PMI project manager, but I'm actually leading a project. Jesus is giving me imposter syndrome. But I mean, I know I'm really good at it, but it's just <laughs> it's affecting me really badly. <laughs> well, it is this week. You made the point there. Next week, it will be, um, you know, next week's chip paper, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you have fish and chips in, in Sweden? Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wrap I them, in the, news, wrap them yeah. in the newspaper and throw it away. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, but you see the points you just made there have proven once again that you are the cleverest person in the room. <laughs> I know you're saying it now to trigger me as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Does that sound like two nothing to me? Yeah. Um I guess on that occasion, um, since you're the cleverest person in the room, I must be the prettiest. So I'm happy with yeah. that. <laughs> I will give you that. You can that, definitely that's, that's... be the prettiest person in the room. <laughs> Never, happened. Never happened. Never <laughs> happened. Never happened. I'm always I'm always in the the the, the wrong room or the right room. Oh God, um, don't say that. Also, yeah. Um, um one point I, d- I did want to come back to because you mentioned the, the church yeah. um, musician. What, sorry, which instruments do you play? Um, organ and uh, piano, and then I sing. Uh, very good. Okay, mm. you you can sing at any point just now, because um, <laughs> this brings me on to it, is that because um, you wanted to be um, an opera singer. Yes, what happened? I what happened? did. So what happened? <laughs> I um um. I went to music school and I had teachers that were, um, I think at that time, I can say, you know, I was in a rough place as a person. I had quite bad symptoms with anxiety and my bipolar, which wasn't treated. And I I kind of suspected that I had something, but I, I didn't really know what it was. So hmm. it was very early days. And then going to music school where I you, you're judged for everything you do. My piano teacher, you know, she was like, you're not allowed to have nail polish. You have to cut your nails really short. She would like poke you and hit you with them. Um, ruler if you got something out of out of line and make your fingers sit straight and properly and I mean you know when I was singing uh, and I'm really good at singing actually if I may say so myself I had like my teachers during tests or performances they would I could hear them sit and speak going like do you think she's gonna make it no no I don't I mean she's you know she doesn't hasn't got it what it takes or whatever it was they you know it was such a hard environment that I at the end my brain started blocking out I couldn't learn anything like my hands started freezing when I was gonna perform or play it it went really really badly and so I you know I um when I left school and, and came here to play and so on, that started to release itself, but I still had that tension. Um, and I was, I, I was told I was, ne- I went into church music because it's very good as a start because it gives you all the instruments. But when you apply for bachelor's in singing and then opera, 
you have to play lots of piano and and sing, of course. And they told me I wasn't good enough when I was there. So this was kind of a way to mm. make me good enough. And uh, yeah, so I've sung in lots of choirs, huge choirs and, and small choirs and so on, and, and done a lot of singing. And of course, then when my godfather passed away in the beginning of the year, who was basically like a father to me and also an organist as mm -hmm. I played the piano and I sang lots with him. I actually, I haven't sung until the first time was this morning. I tried really? to practice uh -huh. and, and so on um, for about 20 minutes and then it got really hard. So I stopped, uh, but I will continue to try, but that is, uh, I don't know. I think it's, um, I think it's a lost, a lost dream, but maybe it'll come back to me. I don't know. Life got in between afterwards. Mm. Yeah, no, I understand that. And and, and apologies um, that you lost your um your your stepfather like that. Uh, sorry, godfather, god godfather, yeah, wasn't godfather. It? God, yeah, godfather. Yeah, yeah. And and when when you mentioned that you 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 found it painful this morning when you were singing. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm going to assume that that wasn't the physical pain. That was an emotional pain because you yeah. were singing, and 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 not having his his accompaniment. Yeah. Shall we say? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And it reminded reminded me on him, and it's yeah. yeah as you know, um, you know, grief is uh, it, it it is an emotional thing, but then it it actually it, it embodies in in you as well physically. So. It yeah. was just something I knew it was going to be hard. So yeah. I did it for a little while today and then I'll try again tomorrow and, and just keep going to see what happens. Mm -hmm. but, at least, but at least you're now on that recovery of making the start, aren't you? Yes. You know, you, yes. I mean, I know it's going to be hard, but, you know, it's um, again, as we, we come back to those um, atomic habits, you know, the small mm -hmm. changes, the the boring brick by boring brick um, yeah. um, as we started off with. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I I could probably say that that's not a forgotten dream, um, Lovisa, but um, and hopefully it's just one that's um, on pause. On pause. Yeah. yeah. I think that's beautiful. It's a uh, on pause right now. You never know what will happen in the future, but it just just having it come back to me and also yeah. the piano, I I haven't been able to touch yet, but I will. Uh, also this this week later, just taking one step at a time, then that will make me enough happy because music really brings me happiness like lots of mm. happiness so it's yeah. important to me and can you sing in both um english and swedish and in other languages yes i most of the songs i know are in italian and in german and in french ah. so yes i can sing in, in ah, most languages yeah ah, very good that's yeah way too talented no <laughs> You need to share that around, you know. You yeah. can't that's a hogging it all yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I'm too scared to. Uh, I remember. Can I just share a quick story? So Absolutely. I was, um, I was studying. This is right before music school. So I was uh, studying philosophy, as I've told you, and I had an extra job. I was actually a, f a finance manager for a company in in mm -hmm. Malmo, and I. <laughs> I accidentally told them that I was really good at singing, especially then classical music. And we went over to Germany. This was a designer company and met with like their German supplier. 
and I'd been I mean, I'd been drinking. Everybody was drinking. It was like yeah. So and then suddenly the CEO asked me to stand up and sing, you know, what a German classical song <laughs> right <laughs> to the suppliers. And it's just one of those things that haunts my memories because I had to go to the bathroom to like warm up my voice because I'd been drinking and it was just a little bit out of control. And I it was just the, that's the worst memory I have. So I'm a little bit careful with telling people <laughs> that I know so they don't just go, yeah, OK, so then you can just sing to our Italian customers here. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to do that <laughs> yeah oh fantastic yeah. no yeah. i like that i'm sure they enjoyed that i'm sure it was just your yeah, ner- they did. Nerves i stuff, mean so. they were drunk out of their heads so i thought i think it was fantastic in yeah. their ears actually yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> putting yourself down don't, don't yeah. do that <laughs> right um so we were talking about your life story um lavisa and it's been absolutely fascinating and i'm sure more will come out as we um we join forces yes um is there anything that you would like to share just now we, i think uh... <laughs> i think we've covered quite a lot well i mean one thing that's going to be interesting but maybe that's for another episode is actually talking about you and I starting a new company, both of us uh, separately, of course, our own, which is super interesting. And I think we have some shared experiences on that. Maybe we should find someone else as well who has started a new company just recently we, to we, talk we, about that. We, we we could do that. That I mean, that could be our um our our first joint episode, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, be really that'd cool. be real interesting because there's 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 lots of things that you do. And you just do it automatically because um, when I first formed my company, um, literally do like an online application and all of a sudden paperwork comes, you know, from, you know, from HMRC and, you know, and and various organizations and companies house and all this sort of stuff and whatever the Swedish equivalent is of these things. And, um, and, And it just comes in waves. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And you just get lots of paperwork and so um it can be overwhelming because at the Mm -hmm. same time you're trying to you know pitch some clients you're trying to get some work you're trying to you know get some money in the door and stuff and you know all of a sudden you're faced with a couple of bills that you didn't yeah you didn't quite know was happening Um, and and then you go and buy stuff you know because you need the new laptop and 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 various other things and you know and um yeah, and you just kind of want to share some of this with people with the expectation that's about mm. to happen and make them ready for that so that they they concentrate on the thing that we're um really good at is yeah. is their business. Is is exactly. their is, is what they're selling, not yeah. not the sales mechanism itself, you know. No. Hmm. Um so yeah, we definitely should do that. We definitely should do that. So, I right, okay. So. Let, let me just pause that. I'll just put a marker there. Wait, a little pause. Right, okay. That's <laughs> now I know where to edit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, Louisa, an absolute pleasure as always to to speak to you. As we know, this is going to be a continued journey. Um, it was great. The the two episodes that we had on the Perfect Start was about your life, and and I'm really humbled and 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 
such admiration um, for you to share this journey with me. And and I'm so happy to 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 continue that journey. Um and you know, with the what you shared and, and what you've been candid and open with, uh, hopefully we can continue that to be have that same psychological safe space that you and I are always honest with each other, always have fun, um yeah. always be a little bit cheeky, um <laughs> but, but always protective of each other. Yeah. Um to make this a success because I, yeah. I think I think it's a really nice thing. Um and despite the fact that you're 50 years younger than me and stuff, <laughs> I, I I think the age, the generation gap is um is not as noticeable. Um mm-hmm. uh, well maybe it is, but because remember people don't see our faces they only yeah, hear our voices yeah, yeah. so so we can we can sound i mean i know i sound very young and stuff but um <laughs> absolutely um, 15 yes, years old no absolutely i feel like i'm 15 years old yeah um yeah. Uh, sorry i feel mentally like i'm i'm still that age yeah um so i'm not overly concerned about about that but but uh, as i say for yourself, Emily, it's um, I'll probably get better at saying your names. That's fine. well, I like it when you say it in English. Please, I'm used to it. It's like Louisa. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm <laughs> making it sound insulting or. or no, yeah, no, 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 so. no, never, never. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I think you wouldn't like me to start calling you David just because I'm thinking it's a, more of a French posh way of saying it. So just say Louisa. That's fine. Yeah, okay. I think it's perfect. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> anyway, I, I was trying okay. to be sincere there, and you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now I'm going to have to edit all of this. Yes. I, I, I'm going to keep it in again. I'm going to keep it in again. So, um. Right. Okay. So let's, we'll just wrap up there. Do you have a, a final word that you want to say on this episode? Then we can stop and, and chat for a bit. Of course. I uh, No, I just wanted to say to you too, David, thank you so much for letting me uh, take two podcast episodes to talk about my life. I think that is a privilege. Not a lot of people get to do that. And uh, it was really great to get to talk through everything with you I think that has been so healing for me as well so I'm looking forward to the rest of our endeavors that we're going to have together with uh, a few other guests so let's see what we do there I'm not going to do a Swedish version today but I'm going to say thank you so much for listening everyone and uh, thank you David again I'll do the Swedish bit Tack så mycket